quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies so good to have you here tonight to for our Wednesday night refreshing service. I tell you what, we serve a good God. Being a Christian is exciting. And God always does great and mighty things. And so, Father, we're so glad to be able to gather here tonight, Lord, and to experience your presence. Because in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So, Lord, as we praise you, we're just going to inhabit... Uh, your glory as you inhabit our praises in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Your kindness leads me to repentance. Your goodness draws me to your side. Your mercy calls me to be like you.
bless your holy name. Praise your holy name, Lord Jesus. Oh, glorify your name. Bless your holy name, Lord Jesus. Oh, we worship you in this house. Oh, hallelujah. We worship the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship your great mercy. Oh, we glorify you, Lord Jesus. Every part of you, Lord. Oh Lord, we just soak in your goodness. We allow your goodness to permeate us, saturate us, and fill us. Oh, we give you thanks and praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord, for your most awesome, holy presence. We honor and reverence you in all things. Lord, we give you attention. We are yours to command. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to your people. Oh, come and take my hand, for I will lead you on a journey of victory. I will order your steps, make sure your foundation is sure, your feet will not slip, your victory will not be lost, but stay close to me and I will set you free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'll tell you what, we serve a good God. Does he ever take a break from being good? No. He is good all the time. And we're gathered tonight because we're going to experience his goodness. Glory to God. Our God is good. Hallelujah. And you know that if you're here tonight, you can give any time in the service. You can invest in God's kingdom. And no investment will go unrewarded by God. Right? He's a giver of good things. And is, when we give our things to him, he gives us those things in return. So if you're watching tonight, you can give online. Those of you that are here, you can give any time in the seed planters on either side there. And uh, Father, I just am so grateful and thankful for the harvest that you have on your mind for these givers and their gifts. And Lord, I thank you that you receive their seed and multiply it and cause it to increase back to them. And we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace 
In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to let you know, uh, this Sunday, we are having an unexpected impromptu opportunity. And uh, one of my uh, pastor friends in Spring Mills, uh, Pennsylvania, it's about 25 miles uh, east of State College, he texted me saying that they were going to have this uh, guest minister. I, I know of this person. Her name is uh, uh, Patty uh, Akuai. And, uh, but I've never met the, her and her husband, and uh, they oversee Rama South Pacific, which is Rama Samoa, Rama Fiji, and Rama Vanuatu. And uh, they have Bible schools. At their, there was, they had a, um, the king of Samoa came to one of their meetings that they had, and he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, they were telling us this story that, you know, you're not supposed to touch the king, but his guards were kind of outside, and so he got hands laid on, and he got filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. So she's going to be with us this Sunday, and this is like a suddenly thing. So I just want to encourage you to come. And uh, if you know anybody that you can invite, you know, we got some cards. I think, are they on the table back there? Uh, you can get some, and you could uh, invite some. Let's pack the house. Amen. For a, a fresh word and move from God. Uh, this this will be their first time here, uh, but I'm very excited. And uh, I have uh, tasted of the word, and I have found that it is good. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, we got some incredible kids and some incredible teachers, and we are so grateful and thankful for our kids that they're living in faith every day. They're being taught the word and taught how to flow in the Holy Ghost. Amen. They're being taught about the anointing. Amen. And different things. So kids, we, we want you to have a good class. Be, be blessed as your eyes are open and your hearts are full. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, hallelujah. Our God is good. Amen. And I was asking the Lord what he wanted to say to us the beginning of this year. And, uh, you know, he's a faithful God. So tonight, we're going to talk about victorious faith breaks oppression. You know, every judge that God raised up was an oppression breaker. Because... Every time Israel was oppressed because of sin, God had to send a deliverer to the nation to deliver them. They were called judges. Samson was a judge. Gideon was a judge. Deborah was a judge. Ehud was a judge. Amen? And uh, they would come and they would do what God said and they would break the oppression and set God's people free. So maybe you're oppressed and you don't know it. But you're going to be free tonight. Amen? Yeah. Christians can't be possessed, but they can be oppressed. Because Satan is our adversary. And he does a lot of things to keep you down or to keep you bound. 
or to keep you in obscurity. But God's going to break through tonight. We're going to have, we're going to break those things off of you tonight. You will not leave with any ounce of oppression on you tonight. Amen? You know, Brother Copeland was saying for this year, it's a year of correction, direction, protection, and perfection. In spirit, soul, and body, in finances, churches, and government. It all belongs to you. You will know what to do. And uh, Jerry Savelle was saying that this is the year of the open hand. You know, God's got open hands. That means he's ready to give some things. Amen? And I believe that we're going to see the glory. So we need to get ready for the glory. Are you ready for the glory? We, we, want, we want our services to be filled with the glory of God. You know, let the smoke fill the room. Let, 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 the, glo- let the light just come in. I want you to go with me to the book of Judges. Chapter 6, and we're going to begin to break oppression off of us tonight. Hallelujah. I'm so excited that oppression is defeated. It can't reside. It can't abide. It's going to take a ride. It's going to take a ride out. Not in the back seat in the dump truck. We're going to put it in the dump truck. And we're going to get rid of it. Amen? And we're going to be free tonight. Anybody wants to be free? Well, I'm, all for, I'm already free. Well, you can be more free. Listen, your freedom needs to make other people free. If you're so free, then let's make some other people free. Because we encounter bound people all the time. Wherever we go. But you're a freedom maker. Hallelujah. With the anointing of God. You've got the anointing that breaks yokes and destroys yokes and removes burdens. The yoke destroying, burden removing power of God. That's the anointing. And Christ is the anointed one. And we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. So Israel was in some bad cycles. They would be okay for a while, but then their worship would get lax. And they would start to worship other things other than God. And the moment they started worshiping other things, oppression would come in. And this was the cycle. Then God would send a deliverer and they'd get free and they'd be free for a while. So in Judges chapter 6, verse 6, Israel was oppressed by the Midianites. Now, oppression came as a result of them not doing what was right in God's sight. You know, when you lose sight of God, you lose sight of the blessing. All right? And the oppression, the oppressors of this particular time was Midian. And they had an innumerable army, so many things that you couldn't even count, right? Soldiers and camels and horses, and they would come in 
When Israel sowed and they would devour the seed. Listen, we got to stop the devourer from devouring our seeds. Because if he can stop the seed, he can cut off the supply line. Your seed in God's kingdom is your divine supply line. And so in verse 6, Israel ends up in this cycle. And Israel was greatly impoverished. Because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Mm. Let me tell you something tonight. God hears your cry. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to cry out. It's time to call upon God. Amen. You got Jesus on the main line? Tell him what you want. Glory to God. And verse 7, and it came to pass... When the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. He said, I brought you up out of Egypt. I brought you forth from the house of bondage. And I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you. God wants every oppressor, he wants every oppressor's hands off you, off your stuff, off your body, off your health, off your finances, off your family. And he gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God, fear not the gods of the Amorites. Notice this is a spiritual battle. Don't fear the gods. So, God sent a prophet. In other words, he sent the word of the Lord to give them faith. Because if you're going to break oppression, you got to do it by faith. And faith comes by what? Hearing, Hearing what? The word of God. So let me tell you something. When, when, when you're oppressed, if you've got some oppression in your life, you've got to hear the word of the Lord because that's the key to your delivery. So God sent them the word in the form of a prophet, the inspired utterance, the servant of God. Right? And, uh, you know, 2 Timothy 3.16. Let's just read it. I'll read it from the Amplified. It says, all scripture. How much scripture? Is God breathed? Woo! You're holding God's breath. I heard someone on the radio today. They were answering a question that the radio was asking. And the, the woman's name was Sarah. And the radio announcer said, is it, is it with just an A or an H? She goes, I have the breath of God. It's got an H. I like that. That was a good answer. You know, Abraham, when his name was changed, God put his breath on him. That's the ha in Abraham. Alright? So every scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration. It is profitable for instruction. It is profitable for conviction. It is profitable for correction. You know, sometimes a simple correction can free oppression. Sometimes an instruction can free oppression. Right? And sometimes you need to be convicted so that you can, you, that you know that you're oppressed. And it's profitable for restoration to obedience or training in righteousness. 
Say, God's word is profitable. Okay? So God sent his word, and now look at verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash, that's uh, Gideon's dad, the Abizurite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. God showed up and he was looking. He was watching and he was seeing Gideon. What was he looking for? He was looking for righteousness. He was looking for willingness. He was looking for obedience. He just parked himself under a tree. And he's watching Gideon thresh wheat. You know why? Because the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Let me tell you something. You've got someone watching over your stuff. You know, God watches over our stuff from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. What's he watching for? He wants increase. So God is looking for obedience. He's looking for faith. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? He is looking for diligence. And he's looking for sincerity. So he's sitting there under the tree. Now, this is actually the Lord, and we'll find out why. This is not just another angel. Sometimes Jesus would appear as the angel of the Lord, and you have to look at the context to see uh, why it is, right? So this is Jesus before he was Jesus. See, now, he already heard their cry. He already sent them the word. Now he's investigating the situation. And he's sitting under the tree, and he's looking. He's watching. Say, God's got his eyes on me. Amen? And... uh And the angel of the Lord appeared unto Gideon. Now he he makes himself known and said unto him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Say the Lord is with me. All right. There is so much power in this one statement from God. So God gave his word to Gideon. The angel came with a fresh word from heaven. This was from the Lord. All right? He came to reveal a young man's calling and destiny. He came to reveal whom God chose to deliver his people. Every time God's going to deliver someone, he's going to choose a person. Because God uses people. When God wanted to deliver his people from Egypt, he sent Moses. Say, God uses me. Say, I could be a deliverer. How will you know if you're a deliverer? God will tell you. He will show up to you. He will talk to you. And he will communicate to you. Because that's what he does. All right? And so he's, he's... He came to release victorious faith to break oppression. I want you to know that he said the Lord is with you. My goodness. He came to answer a prayer and a cry for help. Did you know that God takes your prayers personal? When you pray in faith, it's like incense going right before his throne. 
He's aware of it. He knows what you're saying, and he's going to do something about it. Amen? Your prayers go to God. All right? They did not have the Spirit of God living in them. So this is the way that God had to communicate to them then. Okay? And uh, he said, the Lord is with you, O mighty man, or O brave man. The moment the Lord spoke this statement, Gideon was fully equipped to do what the Lord called him to do. God didn't need to say anything else. This statement alone contains all that Gideon needed to deliver the people. When the Lord is with you, you're a majority. When the Lord is with you, you can do all things through Christ. Amen. When the Lord is with you, nothing is impossible to them that believe. When the Lord is with you, you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Is the Lord with you? Do you know that he's with you? Do you know that he's for you? Then no one else can be against you. So there's no more reason to complain. Oh, I wish you wouldn't have said that, Pastor. Just this one statement, the Lord said, the Lord is with you, almighty man. Gideon was fully equipped. He didn't need anything else to do what God called him to do. Okay? Faith came to Gideon to deliver Israel from Midian with this word. Let me say faith came. Did you open up your faith package or is it still in the box? It's been, it's been delivered to you. What you doing with it? Are you just putting it on the mantle? Say, oh, look at that faith. It's such a wonderful thing. No, we got to put it to use. Faith was meant to do something. Faith was not meant as a piece of artwork that you admire. Faith is action. Faith came to Gideon. This statement releases victorious faith that breaks oppression and it causes you to overcome, to win, and to defeat your opponent. Say, right now, I have everything I need to whoop my opponent's Defeat, complete defeat. Amen? Say complete defeat and complete victory. Not a partial victory, a complete victory. You're not just going to wound your opponent. You're going to defeat him utterly. Knowing and saying this puts you over the top. Come on, it's time to go over the top. You've been climbing the mountain for long enough. It's time to go over the top. You weren't designed to climb the mountain all your life. You were designed to conquer mountains. Why are you climbing anyway? Just move it. Now, when the Lord said this word, Lord, It's the word Jehovah. It's the word Yahweh. You know what he's saying? This is what he's saying in this one name of God. He is saying, this is the proper name of God. He is saying, I'm the one bringing into being. He is saying, I'm the life giver. He is saying, I'm the giver of existence. He is saying, I'm the one who brings to pass 
I'm the performer of promises, all in this one word. He is saying, I am he who causes to fall rain or lightning. I am the one who is. I am the absolute unchangeable one. Oh my goodness. One word from God. I am the existing one. I am the ever living one. I am self-consistent and unchangeable. I am the one ever coming into manifestation as the God of redemption. I am the one who will be it. Say he's it. What are you going to do? He's it. I got my it with me. Uh. He, when he said, Lord, he said, I am all that the servants look for. You don't need to look for anything else. All, I'm telling you, when God says, Lord, he says a mouthful. It's a full package. Hallelujah. It's the whole enchilada. It's the supreme pizza. Glory to God. Look at Psalm 89, verse 24. Oppression has to go. It can't stay on you any longer. Psalm 89, 24. My faithfulness and my steadfast loving kindness shall be with him in my name. Shall his horn be exalted Great power and prosperity shall be conferred upon him. How many want some great power and great prosperity in your body, in your mind, in your house, in your workplace, or in your business, in your family? Amen? You can go home tonight and say, things are changed because I got my it. I got the Lord God Almighty. There is power and authority in his name. And when God spoke his name, he gave Gideon power. He gave Gideon authority. He gave him all that he needed to have in order to deliver God's people and free them from oppression. Mm. Acts 3.16. What happened? In his name, a man was completely healed. It was his name and faith in his name that made a lame man perfectly whole instantly. Everybody say, his name and faith in his name. You got some faith in his name? If the Lord gave you a name like, I'm the healer, do you take him as your healer? If, if he gives you a name like Savior, do you take him as your Savior? If he gives you a name, Jehovah Jireh, I'm your provider, do you know that he's going to provide for you? He is good to his name. He is El Shaddai. He is more than enough. He is Jehovah Sidkenu. He is my righteousness. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is my banner. He is Jehovah Shalom. He's my peace. Whatever his name is, that defines his characteristics. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the healer. He takes sickness away. Let go of your sickness. Trying to keep sickness is like trying to keep a garbage bag that's been stinking for 10 days. 
It's time to get rid of it. You were meant to be whole. Hallelujah. Sickness is an oppression. Sickness is a thief. It steals your energy. It steals your money. It steals your time. It steals your ability. That's an oppression. Anything that decreases you is an oppression. Anything that hinders you is an oppression. Anything that stops your progress is an oppression. And tonight, it's not going to be with you anymore. You are, I'm declaring an emancipation proclamation. You are free from oppression because the Lord sent his name. He sent his word and he is here to make good on his promises. And all we got to do is receive it. First John 3.23 says, he command, this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, that we love and seek the best for one another just as he commanded. Hallelujah. We believe in his name. Personal faith and confident trust in his name. Do you have confident trust in his name? If you were struggling in a situation and the Lord came to you and just gave you a name, was that enough for you? God is good to his name. His name is his personal guarantee that he's going to do it. Genesis 12, 8, Abraham made an altar to God and called on his name. Isaac, in, in, in Genesis 26, he made an altar and called on the name of the Lord. How many know when you call in the name of the Lord, he answers you? God actually picks up his phone. If you were to call heaven, you will not get a robo answer. You will not have to say, are you a robot? Amen? Exodus 23, verse 20. See, this is what God said to Gideon. The Lord is with you. And he's saying Jehovah's with you. He's saying Yahweh's with you. He said the life giver is with you. The self-existent one is with you. He said a mouthful. That's all he needed to say to Gideon. And that provided Gideon with everything he needed. Exodus 23, verse 20. Behold, I am going to send an angel before you to keep and guard you on the way. Aren't you glad for angels? You know, the angel of the Lord encamps around the righteous. If you're righteous, you've got angels around you. God's invisible workers setting up divine appointments. Okay? I'm going to send an angel. He's going to keep you and guard you on the way and bring you to the place which I have prepared. What's the place that God has prepared? It's a place of victory. It's the place of overcoming. It's the winning circle. It's Prosperity Avenue. Right? Okay? Verse 21, be on your guard before him. Listen to and obey his voice. 
Listen, you got to listen to the voice that God sends you. Do not be rebellious toward him or provoke him. For he will not pardon your transgression since my name is in him. Whoa. Whatever God puts his name on, it is set apart for holy. Amen? And guess what? God put his name on you. That means you're set apart for holiness. Glory to God. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 63. Isaiah 63. Now, this is from the Amplified, so there's going to be a lot, of, lot more adjectives. Isaiah 63, starting with verse 7. I will tell of the loving kindnesses of the Lord. How many know that God is kind? He is loving. Okay? You know, God will work with you. You don't have to have it all together. All you have to do is believe. Once you believe, he'll help you get it together. Okay? I will tell the loving kindnesses of the Lord and his praiseworthy deeds. Does God do some things that are worthy of your praise? Absolutely. According to all that the Lord has done for us. Is there anybody here that God's done some things for you? Amen. Well, if he's done some things, then he can do it again and he can do it again and he can do it again. He's a doer of good things. And his great goodness towards Israel, he has shown them according to his compassion and his abundant loving kindness. Verse eight. He said, be assured they are my people, sons who will be, who will not be faithless. Say, I will not be faithless. Say, I'm in it to win it. And I'm not quitting at all. All right. He became their savior. Verse nine. In all their distress, he was distressed. The angel of the Lord, the angel of his presence saved them. He redeemed them in his love and compassion and he lifted them up and carried them. I'm telling you, oh, when you, when you don't feel like you can go on, he'll lift you up and carry you on eagle's wings. Verse 10. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost. He can be grieved. Anyone who has disobeyed a direct word from the Holy Ghost, you've grieved him. You've hurt his feelings. And then there was a holy hush in the crowd. Therefore, he changed into their enemy and fought against them. When you grieve the Holy Ghost, he becomes your enemy. Verse 11, then the people remembered the days of old of Moses and said, where is he who brought us up, our fathers, out of the Red Sea? See, they start to remember the good things that he did because they grieved the Holy Ghost. When you grieve him, you got to get back to the place where you honor him. And uh, verse 12, who caused his glorious arm and infinite power to go to the right hand of Moses, dividing the waters before them to make for himself an everlasting name. Verse 13, who led them through the depths of the sea 
so that they did not stumble. Fourteen like cattle that go down into the valley. The Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. So you led your people to make for yourself a beautiful and glorious name. Do you know that we are led on the path of righteousness for his name's sake? Walking in righteousness is upholding the legacy of his name. We are representatives of his name. He called us to share his name. What did we become when we met Christ? We became Christians. We changed our name. We became Christ followers, anointing followers. I'm I'm, I'm an anointing filler and an anointing follower. And the closer you follow, the more you get filled. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're supposed to ascribe glory to his name. Amen. Repentance needs to be preached in his name. What's repentance? It's an opportunity to make things right. Why? Because they weren't right. Do you realize if you want to be free from oppression, you've got to repent for the wrong things that you did? Repentance just means, repentance is an opportunity to make things right. It's a change of mindset. It's a change of direction. First message Jesus preached, first message Peter preached, first message John the Baptist preached was repentance. They have a pretty good track record. Amen? Jesus said in John 5, 43, I have come in my Father's name and with power. And you do not receive me. He came in his Father's name and he wasn't received. But if another man comes... In his own name and uh, with no authority or power except his own, you'll receive him. Hence religion. The devil couldn't, he gave you an alternative style of worship called religion. That has no power and no authority. But people go to places of religion out of duty and they don't even know what they're doing. They're just going through the motions. But we, we gotta have some power. Amen? We gotta have some heat. We got, if you got the fire, you got some heat. Amen? You, you, you gotta be a light that shines. Lights shine. They don't flicker. It, it all depends on the power source. Right? You're not gonna flicker with God. You're gonna keep shining. Right? But if you give in to the enemy of the world, you're going to flicker. Can't do much when you, you know, flick, lights that flicker are annoying. You ever try to work when the light's going flickering? It is annoying. There is no other name under heaven and earth whereby men can be saved but the name. One name that brings salvation. The name of Jesus. You have been forgiven of your sins for his name's sake. Whoo! So, so back to Gideon now in Judges 6. 
So the Lord gives him his name, right? He gives him this equipment. And Gideon said unto him in verse 13, Oh, my Lord. Now, he did, thank God he made him personal. Right? If the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? All Gideon had to do was look in his backyard. Because his dad had a, a, an altar of Baal and an Asheroth pole. Hmm. Okay. Now look at, so Gideon is saying, where are all these miracles which our fathers told us? See, he's living on stale manna. He's living on something that he was being told but wasn't experiencing himself. He wasn't experiencing God's power. But he, he heard the stories, but he wasn't seeing any of the reality of the stories. So to Gideon, they were like fairy tales. Where are all the miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Gideon heard about how they walked through the Red Sea. He heard about how God raised manna from heaven. He heard about how he brought water from a rock. He heard about how he brought quail to the camp. He heard about all these stories, but he wasn't experiencing it himself. We can't just rely on stories. We've got to have the reality of the word right now in our lives. A story isn't going to free you from oppression, but the reality of his presence is. So Gideon was saying, why has this happened? Where are your miracles? Has the Lord abandoned us? No, they abandoned the Lord. See, anytime there's a distance between you and God, God wasn't the one who moved. God is unchangeable. That means when he's in a position, he's fixed in that position. He's not going to move. So if there's a distance between you and God, you moved. God didn't move. God's where, God is where he was. God's in heaven. Hey, I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't left the office. I'm still here. Jesus is still sitting at God's right hand praying for us. He hasn't moved. God is still where he is. But we're wandering off somewhere. Which way did he go? Which way did he go? How did I get here? Choices. Because you went by your flesh and not the spirit. Lust. Oh. You were led astray by something. And now you're oppressed. But God's got the answer to your freedom. Hallelujah. Good Lord Almighty. So the Lord said an amazing thing in verse 14. This is revolutionary. The Lord said, go in this strength of yours and save Israel from the Midian Have I not sent you? He didn't say, go get strength. He didn't say, strength is on the way. When did did the strength show up? When he said, the Lord is with you. The strength was already there. 
He said, go in this strength of yours. You already have the power. You already have the might. You already have the ability. Now use it. Go in this strength of yours and free Israel. Say, I've got the power. Say, I've got the strength. It's already in me right now. It came with the word. I'm telling you, when you, when you go to a restaurant that has a buffet, you don't just get one item, you get everything that's on the buffet. You get the whole thing. You get everything that's on the, the, the desserts, the main courses, the side dishes. You get it all. You don't just get one thing. When you got the word, you got the whole thing. When you got the name of the Lord, you got everything that you need. You don't need anything else. Every piece of armor is the word. When you get the word, you get the whole thing. Go in this strength of yours. If, if someone comes to you and they're complaining, say, go in the strength of yours. What do you mean? Yeah. Go in the strength that you have. Well, don't have any strength. Let the weak hand be strong. Right? How about, wait? A, then you need to wait on God and renew your strength. There are ways that we can get strength from God. Ephesians 3, pray. He strengthens you with might in your inner man by the Holy Ghost. You've been bit by the complaining bug and you need to know that you've gotten the strength antidote. It's already in you. Didn't even have to get a shot. It just came with you because the Lord spoke it to you. The Lord communicated. I'm telling you, faith comes by Wi-Fi. God can download faith to you right now. Faith for whatever you need to be healed, to overcome, to prosper, to increase. God can give you the faith right now. Go in this might of yours. That's profound. The Berean Standard Bible says, go in the strength you have. Sometimes, see, when you're oppressed, you don't realize what you have. When you're oppressed, you can't see the solution. The God of this world comes in and blinds the minds of them that believe not. Hallelujah. The, the, the New English translation says, the Lord said, you have the strength, deliver Israel. See, I have the strength. And then, so, and then he promises, he said, I will be with you. But see, look at verse 15. Here's the problem. The problem is a perspective from a negative mindset. And he said to him, oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? My family is poor. I am the least. You know what? He said his family was poor, but he had servants. He, he, he said he was poor, but his father had a prominent position in the town. 
See, oppression messes your mindset. That's why you need to be free from it. I'm the poorest. I'm the least. I'm the littlest. I'm the tiniest. Let me just give you some insight about God. God uses little things and makes them great. A little boy's lunch. One touch. One word. Amen. God uses little things and does big things with them. See, here's the thing. You got to put your little in his hands. Amen. You got to put what you have in his hands. All right. So. Uh, verse 16, the Lord answers, he said, surely I will be with you. When God's with you, you don't need anything else. Paul said, I don't need to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Knowing Jesus Christ and him crucified, you could preach for a lifetime. And you shall smite the Midianites as one man. God takes the multitude of the enemy and makes it one. He takes the one man of, of his chosen person and makes him a, a great man, an army man. God diminishes the enemy and increases his servants. Hallelujah. Now, God will deal with your doubts. Because God is a patient God. He'll work with you as long as you're willing to implement what he said. Okay, so verse 17, he said, if I found grace in your sight, then show me a sign. Okay. He said, but wait here, wait for a minute. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to bring you an offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come. Aren't you, you God, God will wait for your offering. Cause your offering might be the key to the next instruction. So Gideon said, wait here, I'm going to go bring you an offering, okay? So he goes and prepares a goat and some bread, all right? And he brings it, verse 20, and the angel of God said unto him, take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth, and he did. Everybody say, and he did. Look at your neighbor and say, just follow the instruction. Just do what he says. Amen? Just do what he says. That's all we got to do. All right, verse 21. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of his staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and there rose up fire out of the rock. There wasn't a fire on the rock, but the rock got on fire because he touched it with his fire. And he consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes, right? Then the angel departed out of his sight. Now look at verse 22. And when Gideon perceived that he, he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon says, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord's face to face. That, that's when he knew it was God because he received worship and he received the offering. And he knew it was God. He said, I, I saw God face to face. And then the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto you, fear not, you shall not die. Isn't that good news? Oh, I must have missed it, I'm going to die. God said, no, you're not going to die. 
it's okay. I wanted you to see me. It's okay. You're not going to die. I, I can see Gideon going, whoo. Then what did Gideon do? After his encounter, he built an altar. And he called it Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. And uh, then he tore down the, he tore down the altar that was in his dad's backyard, and the Asherah pole he used for fuel, and he burnt and he offered the second bull just like the Lord told him to. And everybody wanted to. Uh, the men of the town said, "Who, who cut down our Baal?" You're worshiping a false god, and you're wondering who cut it down. They said, who did this? And then they heard that Gideon did it. They said, bring your son out. We're going to execute him. And his father said, if Baal's God, why can't he defend himself? I guess Joash didn't mind the Baal being gone because the Baal was torn down, glory to God, by the anointed man of God who received a word from God. When you get God's word, you've got to tear down the Baal and remove the Asheroth so that God can do his thing. And we know the story how he delivered them from the oppression, right? 300 men defeated an innumerable multitude. I just want to say this in closing. See, Gideon, this was a commentator. He's a plain potato. (laughs) Gideon was a man of brave, active spirit, yet he was in obscurity. You may think that God doesn't know where you are. He does. He knows exactly where you are. He's been watching you. (laughs) And uh, he was stirred to take on something great. See, God had to unlock the gift that was in him, that he put in him. You know, and Gideon didn't have any other, he didn't have a religious experience up to this point. All he heard was stories. But now he's encountering God for himself. And he was wondering why they were oppressed. Well, the answer was in his father's house. You know, sometimes you just got to look to your family line. And maybe you picked up something along the way that wasn't of God. It can happen. But if you realize that you picked up something that's not related to God, why hold on to it? Let's get rid of it. Amen? Amen. Let's get rid of it tonight. Tonight, you are free from all oppression. Why? The Lord gave you his name. He showed up on your behalf. He sent you to victory so that you could get a fresh word from God. Amen? Hallelujah. I believe this is a right now word. Amen? This country is being oppressed. But we got a voice, and we can break that oppression right here, right now, in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, 
we come before you right now and we lift up the country of the United States of America and we cry out to you, oh God, and we say this oppression over this nation is going to be broken right now in the name of Jesus. You're going to send a deliverer. You're going to set us free. The oppression is going to go. The enemy is going to diminish in the name of Jesus because we're crying out to you, Lord, and you hear our voice. And you act on our behalf. And we have faith in you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for freeing America from this oppression. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Tonight. From Pennsylvania. There's some of your people that are crying out. We got some radical people here. In Palmyra. Now, if you came in here tonight and you had a burden on you that has been a weight to you, it's time to let the burden go. It's time to take off that yoke and be completely free. Free indeed. Whom the Son sets free. You're not just free, but you're free indeed. Amen? If you need to be free of something tonight, I want you to come up here right now in the name of Jesus. Listen, because because you need to be free doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you oppressed. And God wants you free. And you got to come up here tonight with the determination that you're going to be free right now. Those of you that are up here, just worship God. Start praying in tongues if you can pray in tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.